0: Hello, welcome to the Robert A. Heinlein Book Club. In this episode, I will uh, begin talking about Methuselah's Children, which was published in uh, jul- first published in July, August, and September, 1941. In astounding, in three parts, it was later published uh, as a book. As, as not even a fix-up, just the, he just edited these three stories or this serially published novel, changed a lot of the wording. The basic plot's the same, um, and so. You probably come across this in book form, but if you want, it's not that hard to find the original Astounding Versions. If you go back to the 1941 issues, the cover art, I mean the art on the the first page of the of the Astounding Story, it's the same in all three parts, is quite nice. It's a, a big picture of death with a sickle and we have fleeing people going in all directions. These are presumably the Howard family, the Howard families, um, who are forced through various events in the story to, to basically go on an exodus. So we do have kind of a diaspora story in Methuselah's children. We also had sort of a post-human narrative going on here. Um, and we have, um, a story about technology and space travel and all that. The basic plot of Methuselah's children is there is this based on the, the idea that there's this family called the Howard families that uh, are incredibly long-lived not through genetic manipulation well kind of through maybe it's it's more like what you have in Dune with the with the Benny Gesserit's trying to you know birth uh, a, a particularly like a special person here it's it's more that uh, these families uh, the Howard families are descendants of a guy who during the Civil War so that would have been um, one two and a half centuries or so so this is set during the time of like coventry so it's after the second american revolution it's very much in the future histories in fact this is more so part of the future histories than any of the other future history stories i've read in that it really tries to piece these together into a history Um, so and that also means that any lazarus long story we're going to get later on is somehow connected as well to the future history so that's a, so the cat who walks through walls and time enough for love and these stories are going to be all connected too. Um, but th- I think this is the best at connecting mean, them. I'll, I'll maybe get to that a little bit later on. Um, but um, basically, what happens is back around the time of the Civil War, the founder of the Howards uh, basically wrote in his will that you should try to this plan to make people long-lived, and how how they do it is just marry people who have really long-lived grandparents together. Um, and I guess you'd have to, I don't know if Heinlein ever did the math on this, but I, I'm skeptical it could be been done in two, 300 years, because um, you're not talking about that many generations in 300 years. I, I think maybe it may, you could do this over thousands of years, but basically, if you marry people who have long-lived grandparents, right, in any population you're going to have a bell curve of age right of 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 life expectancy some people die earlier some people will die later um, and i suppose if given enough time you could pull this off where you could uh you know let's say the bell curve now people die at 80 and there's a but there are some people that live in to be 110 120 right so you marry those people the grand, the grandchildren of the people who live into their 20s just to each other and now we have a new bell curve right where the center is is around 120. um but out of that population given enough time you'll have uh, anomalies there some people will die earlier of course but others will will die maybe five years later than that and so given enough time you could you know push it along it kind of like in terms of evolution i just don't think 150 250 years or whatever time or land we're given here is is enough time so it's set after 2100 after the revolt of 2100 around the time of coventry so let's say 2150 let's give it that from 1850 to 2150 i just don't you know even give them 300 years i don't know if it's enough generations to actually do this method. But but it's my understanding that's how you would do this. Um, it's basically... But then you'd still have people who would still fall on the other end of the bell curve, right? On average, they'd live longer, but you'd have some who would, who would die younger. Um, there also seems to be psychotherapy involved, some cosmetics to pull off the long-lived. So there seems to be psychological ramifications of people living this long. So they need psychotherapy. And there's also cosmetic elements to keep them looking young. So when they when the news is they're gonna die, they, they go from like 25 to to, to dead very quickly. Um, that's partially so we can going have young virile people who are like 150, 200 years old, right? But that's part of the problem too. They, this starts about what, 200, 300 years before the events of the story? Unless I misunderstand the amount of time that the Coventry timeline takes place in. I'll even give him 400 years, right? But actually, we don't even have to because we know Lazarus Long is is like 220 years old or so. And he's going to be 300 by the end of Methuselah's children. Um, he's born 1912. So someone who can live to be 300 years, or at least 200, has already been born just 70 years after... The, the selective breeding program begins. So um, so I don't know we, maybe time enough for love explains all this. We'll, we'll get to it at a time. I know that involves time travel and something with his ancestors maybe he bangs his own grandma moving his own genes his long-lived genes to then. maybe that's how he does it. probably is. but anyways, so we have this now they're living in secret they live in secret by changing their identities when they need to and the question is should they reveal themselves uh because um basically the hope is that with the covenant they'll be able because they they, they had to be in hiding during the Scudder years during the, the religious dictatorship um so the idea is maybe under the covenant you would have because their whole principle is is justice to each other, you know, not being irrational, no violence towards one another. People who have those characteristics are kicked off to Coventry. So the idea is maybe we can come out. Um, And so we end up with like a conference of the Howard families. And now there's many, of course, branching families that, that come out and they debate whether they should reveal themselves or not. Now, Lazarus Long is basically a guy who enjoys living outside of this he's lived off world for a long time off earth he's he's kind of aloof from this you know being like so long-lived he, he he's he's he wants to kind of a, a, be above the politics of it but the plans they have are like keep in hiding that's one possibility another is like uh go off planet which is eventually the plan they go with another is to kind of g- create a secondary coventry for the Howard's families and others to reveal themselves and try to like integrate into society under the covenant. Um, so that's how it starts as, as sort of a debate about this. And we get this, this conference um, at the start of the novel. And this allows Heinlein to do a lot of his, his uh, you know, narrative and, and exposition just to get just to get all this backstory out there now i'm not going to say too much about the plot because all that's not that really much that happens uh he befriends this woman this other person from the howard families mary riesling um and they have some adventures together and it becomes clear that the government is going to once these are revealed and new rumors are coming out about these long-lived people and it's pretty clear that the government thinks they're holding like the, the, the elixir of life, essentially, and that it's some technological solution, some technocratic thing, and it's that they can pass on to others so people can live forever. And the question is, like, is this even just? Can, are these even people with the same kind of experiences and consciousness? And here's where we get sort of the X-Men argument here. Like, at what point does being superior to other humans in some characteristic make you beyond humanity? Um, and I think we'd agree that our, our limited life is a big part of what makes us human. It puts that timer on everything we do and our and our goals and our what we're trying to achieve, right? Um, it it also makes us spend, forces us to spend the time value, va- you know, val- in a valuable way. It's like Picard at the end of that first. Next generation movie, right? Time is the, the, the passenger with us that, that keeps us honest about our, our projects. Given longer time, that's not going to be as important and allows us to master more things, be a jack of all traits or uh, become a real master of something beyond what's capable of, of, of other humans. At, at what point does that itself make us post-human? Now to jump to the end of the story, Heinlein essentially dodges this question. What he eventually happens is the, the Howard's families goes out to the solar system, pay on the solar system to try to find a homeland for themselves. And there's various, un, And they while doing this, they develop FTL, which allows us not to fall into the trap of universe. Because even with long lives... You know, a generation ship is not going to cut it for these people. It, I think it is discussed. Like, can we do a generation ship like that one? Uh, the one, the generation ship in universe is mentioned. Um, but Heinlein doesn't want to do it. He, he tells this whole story in about 75 years. But eventually they return to Earth. And by the time they return, humans had developed the the ability to live a long life as well, to live just as long. So they're able to be reintegrated into this a homo Superior, you know, like this lengthened lifespan of humanity. So so he doesn't really have to deal with this question of can they, will the one replace the other eventually? And there are a few voices here that kind of suggest do the Magneto thing. That's like we are the future and we shouldn't like waste time with these, these short-lived people who aren't really, they're, they're like ants to us or something. There's a few voices like that, but the, the gap's not there yet. It's not like these people live for thousands and thousands of years and are energy beings or something. They're still basically humans. Um, but you can see the beginnings of, of that division, right? And Heinlein, instead of like following that division to its logical conclusions, he just turns around and, and has them. It's just a detour and they both end up on the same road again uh, with long-lived humanity now it it seems that uh long life is only one path it's what the howards focus on that's changing humanity another is telepathy which isn't a something that's in the howard families because it seems the telepathy gene seems to they 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 just married for long life they didn't worry about the telepathy gene presumably other people are marrying and doing the selective breeding to enhance the telepathy gene. It also seems there's some faults in it in respect to long life. So the Howard's families ignored that. Um, so there's that aspect of it, although he doesn't do that much with it. He just needs to have telepaths in the story, especially when, uh, the question becomes like, once it's revealed that there's these long lived people, then the normies, uh, are going to want to like steal that technology or just kill them out of jealousy so we end up with a kind of a, a narrative of genocide and persecution which fits into the context in which the story was written in the 1940s. So that's obviously something that's on Heinlein's mind he's quite conscious of of other and, and ethnic cleansings and, uh, and ethnic discrimination. I think he gets a few things wrong here like for instance this idea, there's an idea of floated that like if we all just reveal ourselves and surrender, that will put us in a better bargaining position because we'll all be in one place. And it's like, yeah, that's not what the 1940s teaches us. So, of course, he writes this before the Holocaust, but, um, you know, survival was made possible by by flight, escape, which we do have here in Methuselah's Children, but also by co- being covert, Right and and not let anyone's identity known um, the Jews or the Nazis killed every Jew they could find so the trick was not to be found or to be out of their control out of out of out in places where they cannot be taken um, so that's a theme here um, technology is a theme which I think is more important later on in the story especially when we get to FTL it's not so much here um, so prejudice, discrimination, the, the, the ethics of, of kind of a post-humanity. Um, oh, one thing, the Howard families sort of do develop into almost a corporate structure um, where they're all over the world, but they're connected, uh, integrated into a network with each other. Um, they have shared resources. They have a bit of a government. They are kind of a, a state within the state in a way. Uh, they are like a, a dual power, if you want to think of it that way, where that's the center of their political life and, and the normies, they have their politics, Coventry, the, the Howard family seems to transcend that, uh, whether by a conscious choice or by the inevitable fact of their long life, lets them do it. Because in terms of wealth, if if you live a longer life, it's not that hard to be particularly wealthy, right? As long as you have... S- some investments that can go higher than inflation, which isn't hard to do. You can be, given 200 years, you can be pretty wealthy. Um, especially if you can keep those resources protected from the state, right? Um, it's harder when you have a short life and you have you're working for 20 30 years it's harder to build up that that wealth long life would change that and and what would the economics of a long life to humanity be i don't know maybe we have to read uh, more Heinlein stories to see if he ever gets to that that question um he's he's pulling out a lot of things here in these 1940 1941 works and you know there's going to be disappointments in my mind like oh he really should have dug deeper into that question and and we'll see where he goes with some of these things i, I just um you know we'll see i'm not going to hold out too much hope for that kind of deep economic analysis i think maybe his failure with for us the living scared him away from that kind of approach to storytelling um but i like some of that stuff i like the the, the kind of the utopian um, philosophy at work, but but how would the economics of long life people play out, right? It'd be harder to exploit people who can build up still in their youth a relatively strong, uh, powerful nest egg, or have this secondary state that they that can draw resources for them. Apparently they seem quite, quite wealthy. Um anyways, back to the plot as I, I kind of start to wrap up here. Towards the uh, well, in the in part one, about the middle, it's the gov basically the normies re- are it's revealed they, you know they the the Howard families try to keep tabs on everyone, but are not able to do it. And there's a few that fall through the cracks and get rounded up by the by the normies. They uh, basically re- are forced to reveal themselves as Howard families members using telepathy and and these kinds of things. And. The cat's out of the bag. And now the question is like, what do we do about it? So it's like a, it forces the question that was introduced at the beginning of the story. Do we leave the planet? Do we go to Coventry? Do we um, do we try to work with the system? Um, and what changes that is violence. Violence, which is in a, which is, unethical to the whole Coventry covenant, right? That's what's kind of shocking about it. You're not supposed to have violence, but this is such a, an, an issue that's so sensitive to people. The fact that these people get more of what the most precious thing is—life—that that there's like it's seen as a fundamental injustice that has to be corrected. And the only way to correct it is to either rebalance the scales by getting rid of the Howards altogether. Um, so integration's not really seen as a possibility. So the other solutions are again. Go to an island somewhere, build a dome around it. Well, is that going to work? Probably not, right? These are porous boundaries. Coventry was a porous boundary. Coventry was able to move back and forth. You know, people were able to move back and forth. So that's not really going to happen. The solution ultimately is just get off the planet. Leave the planet. Go somewhere else, even outside the solar system, because Venus, we've met before, not a good place. Mars is presented as kind of washed up and used up. Um, Luna is already occupied by people. So where to go? Um, Ultimately, the solution is to leave the planet. And how that's done and what happens is the focus of the second issue or the second part of, of Methuselah's children in the August issue of Astounding 1941. So um, clearly a, a very important story in science fiction. I've never read it before and I probably should have, but that's, you could say that for most of these Heinlein tales, I'm sure that it's something I should have read. Um, I think there's a lot of fascinating things going on here and I'm going to talk in the next part because we almost entered into like Mardi in the second part of the story where the Howard's families, Methuselah's children, if you will, are on their, their exodus from earth and they wander the skies for 70 years and, and doing so it almost becomes like Marty in which you have these, they go to different planets and, and try it out and see what it's like and, and become dissatisfied, right? But unlike Marty, they, they, they go back to base at the end. And I I think that's the, in some ways the disappointing part of the story but i kind of understand what heinlein does when you look at his later works it makes more sense i suppose because you want lazarus long to stick around you don't want him floating off into a quasar like our characters at the end of marty do but marty by herman melville if you if you haven't read it do it it's it's wonderful but it's um yeah i, I I don't, I don't quite know what to make of it. I'm going to, I guess still got a little bit more to read on this. So I got to think about it. Um, but yeah, I guess that's all I'm going to say about Meth- the, my, the opening part of Methuselah's Children. I'm really impressed. I, I did, well, One thing I didn't get to, I'm sorry about that, uh, is how this fits into the future history. Um, I mentioned it. And of course, I've talked about Coventry. I've talked about Scudder. So maybe it's obvious. I just want to make it clear that this work does a lot of the heavy lifting. As far as I can tell, in piecing together that future history stuff, um, like even the, C, the, the 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 Cosmic Conservation Corps, the CCC of the future, is discussed here. Almost every future history work, except that we will we also walk dogs, is referenced in some way in in this story. So Heinlein, I think, must have been aware that he's trying to create this future history. It was actually advertised in one of the issues of astounding earlier in the year and he probably was like well we i need to make i need to 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 tie these threads together a little more explicitly and it seems that's what he's doing in this work because he never misses a chance to talk about coventry or talk about the scudder or the second american revolution or or this this history and having these long-lived characters who live through that history uh is a useful advice for allowing us to do that so um yeah that's that's going to be it for now um yeah great story and i'm going to do cover it in three parts so uh next time we'll do part two of methuselchon and then in the the last episode of the series we'll look at the last one i think this finishes up the future history from 1941 so we'll we'll jump right from there to sixth column after that um we'll do these these novels back to back so um that's it for now uh thanks for listening i'll see you next time